It was the year of the tiger, and my plane was about ready to touch down. There was twinkling lights everywhere, but all of a sudden I had this fear and panic. What was I doing? Why was I about ready to touch down in Osaka, Japan, on the other side of the world? It was 1997, and I was in my 20s, and I was not only visiting, but I was moving to Japan with a little bit more than a backpack and a dream and just a little bit of money. I didn't even speak the language, but here's the deal. I felt God was calling me to Japan. You see, I had lived in other countries up to that point, and I don't know why, but I had a feeling I needed to move to Japan, of all places. So here I was, about ready to touch down. But I felt like God was telling me, I've got this, Brenda, you're, you're going to be okay, I'm going to be here. And I felt this peace. But you know, my grandmother had just passed away right before that, and the song Wind Beneath My Wings came on my headphones all of a sudden. And I felt like that's another sign from above. So I touched down on the other side of the world. And remember, it's 1997. There is no internet. There is no let's go book something on orbits.com for the first night. And I didn't even have a place to live. So yeah, who moves to the other side of the world with no place to live? The first night. But I did. So I made my way through customs, um, ended up at the information counter to find a place to stay. Now, there was a, a young Japanese girl. She was standing there, and she had a Lions Club jacket on, and I had been a Lions Club. They helped sponsor me in some of my travels. So I started up a conversation with her. Her name was Akika. She was a college student in her young 20s, and obviously spoke good English. And she was so excited to tell me she had just been on the same plane, had touched down with me, and guess what? She had had the most amazing experience at a home state in Denver, Indiana. She was so proud of it. And she said, well, what are you doing here? And I said, well, I'm moving to Japan, but I have to find a place tonight to stay. So she went over and she was talking to her mother in, in Japanese. Remember, I didn't even speak a word of Japanese. <laughs> and she's, she's talking and she comes back. And she says, you know, Brenda, I'm going to repay the kindness of all those people that were so kind to me in Denver, Indiana. And I wanted to say that Indiana is not the same as Iowa, but I don't think she would have started with an I. She said, yeah, I'm going to repay the kindness and I want you to come spend the night with us. And I thought, it was okay. It was okay. I trusted, trusted like God was saying it would be okay. So I go to spend, spend the night, and I stay on the tatami mats with her, her mom, and her dad. Now keep in mind that her mother, though, was a little bit more suspicious, because she later admitted that she thought I was a mafia goddaughter. Because why in the world would anybody, and my mom's here, let their daughter move to, to another country by herself? But the next day, she took me to church. And you have to remember, in Japan, only 2 to 3% are Christians. That's it. So that was a big, a big thing anyway. So she took me to Spirit Bible Church. And to this day, I'm still very connected to that church. And have still really great friends there. But through some of her introductions, I met an American. And next thing I know, I'm being offered a job at an American training development company in Japan. So, but the, here's, the, here's the deal. I had to leave the country. 
anniversary for my visa for six weeks, and I did a really difficult hardship post in Waikiki Beach in Hawaii, waiting for this visa to come. But, but it did come. I arrived on Easter Sunday in Japan. And Akiko told me, she goes, you know, Brenda, we want you to come and live with us. Live with you? You see, Brenda, I had always wanted a sister. And by the way, we're still soul sisters to this day. She's like, always wanted a sister. And my mother, she loves those Americans that speak English and all of that. So next thing I know, I'm moving in. But it was on that Easter Sunday that it occurred to me at that time that not only did I have food and shelter, but I had a homestay. I had a family. I had a church family, and I had a job. God couldn't have made, you know, made that amazing thing without that, with everything and the moving pieces of it. I spent a year in Japan, and I had an amazing experience, but lots of difficult days as well. And my faith kept me through a really difficult time. But everywhere I went, there were these posters that said, Peace Boat, like everywhere. And I was saving money. My next chapter was moving to Australia to do my master's degree. But I'm like, peace boat, this isn't making sense. But I had done something called semester at sea while I was at Iowa State University, where I lived on a ship and sailed around the world. So I thought, that actually kind of sounded pretty good, to sail around the world. But peace boat was a Japanese NGO. I heard Japanese on the ship, and I'd be the only American. But I still kept thinking, no, God, responsible thing to do. I need to go do my master's degree and do all of that. And God's like, no, bless the broken road. And I don't know. I said, okay, give me a sign. I don't know. I might be going to pack up my life. I just worked so hard to be able to hear. And I remember going into this classroom, and there was a book there, and I opened it up, and there on the page, was a picture of a ship, and it said, we must go. And it had a picture of the pyramids, and it had a picture of all these other things, and it was all the places I was going to be going on the ship. And it felt like God was saying, we must go, God and I must go. And it almost gave me chills. I still have that piece of paper to the States in my scrapbook. But anyway, next thing I know, I'm sailing around the world, and I'm teaching on the ship. I'm in, I'm in Cuba. I'm in Salvador and the jungle. I mean, I'm just in crazy, crazy places. And pretty intense places, too, because it is peace boat, and we, we, we did go to some of the war, war places, torn places, too. But when you're at sea for weeks at a time sometimes, you have a chance to really go deep and get to talk to these people one-on-one. On, it was Christmas, and our ship sailed into Eritrea in Africa. And Eritrea, I never heard of Eritrea before. I went to Eritrea, but it's on the border of Ethiopia, and Eritrea is on, on the border. You you never like dream of a small town girl growing up in Monroe, Iowa, that I would be spending Christmas Day in Africa in Eritrea. Our ship sails in, and the the, the women we get off the ship and they're beating the drums to jingle bells. Now it was so so um, crazy because here's all these Christians. And I'm coming with about 500 Buddhists in Shinto, and here the Africans are teaching the Japanese about Christianity. The night before actually was one of the most powerful experiences. 
There was only about six or seven Christians on this entire ship. And we got together and decided to do a nativity play. Or like, the, for our captive audience, the Japanese. <laughs> and so we got to share Jesus' story and his birth with, with everybody on the ship. But there was one woman who I was organizing this with. I really, I mean, she was an older Japanese woman. She didn't speak any English. But she just was just such, she had such a peaceful spirit about her. She's so beautiful. And I will never forget her, Fumiko. Fumiko had survived Hiroshima. She literally was there when, when, it, was, when, when it was bombed. And her brother died in front of her. Now, she could have been bitter and angry, and as an American especially, but she wasn't. She was married actually to a minister too. But she was so peaceful. And I remember after, after we went on the, off the ship, or sorry, after the, the nativity play, we went up on top of the ship, and there were just stars were just amazing. It's pitch black in the middle of the ocean, the stars. And we all held hands, and we sang Silent Night. And it was at that moment that it made me realize, wow, God, I couldn't even have planned this if I did this. You put me here with this, this, all these amazing people. This was your journey for me. And not only that, if I went and met Akiko, and I went and went to Japan, I wouldn't be here for this moment. And it, it brings me back to Psalm 37.5, commit thy way 